The following show is being broadcasted from an undisclosed location. Two former special operators have combined their badassery and now sharing it with the world. They ain't alive no more. All with a beer and a smile. This is the Savage Actual Podcast. And now your hosts combat vets with 20 plus deployments between the two of them and enough testosterone to operate the power grid of Los Angeles. Savage Actual. Now your hosts, Jason and Patrick. So I, I obviously Marine Corps, like a lot of us do six to nine month deployments, you know, Rangers three months at that time, you know, a lot of army, regular army guys are doing a year. What were your deployments like, man? Uh, uh, duration wise for what's your average pj deployment duration out at, at the height of that war yeah man so uh so pjs can can get one of two taskings uh one of them is a is a rescue squadron tasking and that's where you're operating as an all pj team uh, and the other tasking is a uh, special tactics squadron and that's where you get attached to an oda team for our listeners out there that's operational attachment alpha green beret team uh or a seal platoon um so I obviously did a, a rescue squadron tasking, and um, this was a, a six-month deployment, and uh, we split it up into three months, man. So like every single PJ on my team wanted to go to Bastion. Like there were not, there was hardly any dudes that that weren't about war. I mean, every single one of us wanted to go to war. We wanted to go to battle. We volunteered for this deployment, and there were so many of us that volunteered for the deployment that they decided to split it in half. So they send X amount of guys on the front half and X amount of guys on the back half. So I got the front half of this six-month deployment. Uh, I was out there for just a little bit over three months in Helmand Province. Got it, dude. Got it. Nice. Not a lot of not a lot of people experienced Helmand, man. It's uh, it's uh, it's a crazy time. You listeners out there, you should Google it. It's it was something else. So you get back. Uh, Walk us through what's next, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, so I had met uh, my wife now, Jessica, um, about uh, two and a half months uh, before that deployment, man. And uh, we also went on a, on a twelve day mission to to Pakistan. And, and I can't talk about that mission here on the podcast. Uh, but what I will tell our listeners out there, man, was <laughs> I never thought I would be excited to go back to Afghanistan as I was when I went to freaking Islamabad, Pakistan. Um, <laughs> so when I got back to the States, man, I, I just remember seeing my dad and, uh, and his wife at the time and, uh, and my beautiful wife now, Jessica. And, and I mean, she just, she was incredible while I was gone, man. Like while I was gone, like, you know, one cool thing about being at Bastion uh, is that you got sat phones, you got landlines, you got internet connection. It sucked, but I was able to communicate with her uh, quite a bit while I was there, man. And she was picking up, she was a server at Olive Garden between her sophomore and junior year at the University of Arizona. And uh, she picked up like double shifts. She was working out like three times a day. Her family lived there in Tucson. She's got a real close relationship with her family. Just awesome people. Her mom and dad, uh, shout out to Steve and Susie. They're Definitely not going to listen to this podcast, but I love her parents very much. And uh, man, she was she was just phenomenal while I was there. You know, I 
I don't think she she had any idea of of the scale of what we were doing over there. Um, so I proposed to her, man, and uh, you know we had, we had been together for for about a year um, at that time. Um, and, and, and then I got promoted to staff sergeant, uh, did some, some rescue team leader stuff and, and just kind of focusing on my career. Um, you guys know, as, as we talked about earlier, I was a reservist, right? But I had been on active duty orders this, this entire time. And, and I kind of milked that opportunity and continued to, to be on active duty orders. Um, but a lot of PJs on my team were actually, uh, physicians. They, they were docs. Um, wow. but Paralisky is an all enlisted career field. And so just to, to, to my knowledge and the way that I'd lived my life, it was all about getting to the next level, getting to the next level, getting to the next level. So I figured the, the next level for me was, uh, to try to be a, a physician, uh, and go to medical school or, uh, assess for what the air force is, is known for, uh, the two, four STS, the 24 special tactics squadron. And that's the Air Force's Tier 1 unit. So every branch has their Tier 1 operators. You know, the Navy has uh, development groups, SEAL Team 6. The, the Army has uh, CAG, uh, Delta Force. And, uh, of course, the Air Force has 24 Special Tactics Squadron. So that was, that was what I wanted to do. Uh, so I prayed a lot about that. And uh, I talked to my wife about it, uh, who I was engaged to at the time. And uh, she was like, you should go do it. If that's your dream, like like go in and, and pursue that. Um, so I was full send to the twenty four Special Tactics Squadron and uh, and trying to get on as much active duty orders as I could to gain as much experience as I could, and I wanted to follow in, in Chief Sanchez's footsteps and be a JSOC guy. Um, but it was about that time. Um, that I had an opportunity to try to play college baseball again, right? So uh, when I went back to school, um, I was using tuition assistance, and, and that was something that uh, the Air Force Reserve offered. And so I went to this community college, and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to try to knock out like six credits while I'm still on active orders as a PJ. And so I didn't even test into like a, a math 151, which is college algebra, like your, like your basic general math, right? <laughs> into like intermediate algebra. I had to like start from the from the bottom of the totem pole. And here I am at like Pima Community College in Tucson, Arizona, right? And um, I learned that Pima had a, a heck of a baseball team. And a lot of the guys that were on their team were dudes that were like draft picks in high school, but wanted to go play there a year to up their, up their draft stock. Because if you go to a four-year school as a baseball player in college, you cannot get drafted until after you complete your junior year. Versus hmm. if you go to a community college, you can get drafted in a year. So whether or not you were a great player, but just didn't have good enough grades to go to a D1 school, or you just wanted to do what's called draft and follow, play there a year, and then get a higher draft pick, uh, Pima Community College had all kinds of studs on their team. So I was like, dude, you know, I had a, a four-year break on pitching. Maybe my arm has recovered. I'm going to just try to walk on this community college baseball team. So I decided to walk on the team, man, and uh, while taking classes part time, and uh, I made the team and and, um, and and got in the rotation. But my fastball was like eighty four mile an hour, like eighty five mile an hour. It, it wasn't anything impressive, and, and and I gave it the best shot I had. 
Um, but I, I just didn't have my gift back. And so I talked to the coach. I was like, look, man, you know, these baseball practices are almost three hours. They're every single day. We're doing film. We're doing like volunteer stuff on the side. Like, dude, I don't, I don't have time for this. Like I, I have a part-time job as a PJ for the air force. Like I I'd like to pursue this. And so, uh, I said goodbye to my team and uh, met some great dudes. Really loved our coach, man. He was a great dude. Uh, but said goodbye to baseball. Like officially hung up my cleats. Like who y'all never quit. I gave it every chance I had, everything I had. But but baseball was officially over. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, man. So it was about that time that I decided uh, that I was going to put the 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 two four tryout on on pause. They call it uh, the two four assessment up there, and I put that on pause. And I was going to pursue medicine. And even though my wife, um, Jessica, at the time, my fiance, uh, blessed me to, to go up there and was all about me chasing my dreams, um, I had a special woman, man. So I wanted to invest in her. I wanted to invest in school and uh, just continue being a reservist PJ, continue to pray about it and see where things went. And so I uh, finished up my associate's degree. You know, I already had that, that freshman year of college at Grand Canyon University. So I finished up my associate's degree in like six months. It didn't take me very long. And at that point, I transferred over to the University of Arizona. And I was in Jessica's kitchen one day, man. I, I love to, to cook and, and I was grilling out burgers for her, man. And, and for whatever reason, I just thought, dude, you always loved football. You loved it more than baseball, but baseball was just kind of what you were good at, and that's what you got your scholarship in. What if you were to 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 try to try to relive that that dream, that childhood dream? Be, because once you join the military, even if you've you've started college, your eligibility clock actually pauses. So even though I was twenty three years old at the time. I was still considered a, a, a redshirt sophomore when it came to eligibility for the NCAA. So I decided to try to walk on the University of Arizona football team. And, uh, dude, I, I spent like six months hiring a speed coach. Like he would, he was teaching me how to run a 40 yard dash, working with me on the 510 5 shuttle. So that's pro agility, like all the things that you would see in the NFL combine. Um, and when I first started out with him, I ran a five flat 40 and he was just straight up like, dude, like that five flat is, is not going to, that, that's not going to get you on a D one football team in the pac 12, man. Like you're about 210 pounds. Like you need to put on 10 pounds. They're probably not going to pick you up as a running back. They're probably going to put you on special teams and, and put you on defense. Like my man, you need to be running at least a four seven. So my, uh, my speed coach, Connor Johnson was his name. And uh, Connor taught me how to run a 40-yard dash. And uh, by the time I was done with him in six months, the best time I had was a 4.67 40-yard dash hand time, a 4.76 laser time. And so that was definitely a good enough time to, to get on the U of A football team. I uh, got my weight up to 225, and uh, I was pretty jacked, pretty fast, and I felt like that's what the U of A was looking for. Uh, I went and tried out, man. And uh, unfortunately, I ran a five flat forty at the freaking tryout, <laughs> and they cut my Jeez. ass, dude. And it broke my heart, get, dude. I, dude, it just—is it only they only give you like one fucking chance to run it? You don't get—they don't give you like a fucking average or anything like that. It was one chance, dude. 
It was one ah, chance. Man. There was like 30 guys that were trying out. They didn't have time to give us two shots, man. You know, yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah. Picking, they're picking up like two guys out of the 30 dudes that tried out. And, and they cut me, man. And this just broke my heart. Like it crushed my soul. Um, and so I just decided to, to hit on my supervisor back at the PJ team and, and, and asked to get put on active duty orders again. Um, so they put me on a, what's called a prog tour and uh, combine that with an annual tour and, and put me on what, what's called tree, uh, teeps, excuse me, uh, that's uh, training periods. And so uh, I went down to this, uh, this rescue jump master school. Uh, in Cocoa Beach Air Force Base, now, uh, uh, Patrick Air Force Base, that's in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Now it's called Patrick Space Force Base. <laughs> Who y'all Space Force, right? <laughs> uh, right? What's a Space Force? But anyway, so I, I went down there and uh, and I was doing this Jump Master course. And a couple of these PJs, uh, God rest their souls, man. Uh, they actually died in a helicopter crash March 15th of 2018, call sign Jolly 51, man. Uh, just some phenomenal individuals. But uh, a guy named Bill Posh and a guy named Carl Enos, uh, as well as a, a dude named uh, Chief Rob Ziegler. And, and Chief Ziegler was actually a, a PJ with my dad back in the day. Uh, these three guys, man, like they were PT studs and, and they would play like ultimate football in the mornings and they loved football, right? And so when I told them that I had tried out for the U of A football team and, and it had these great numbers but but went to the team and laid an egg, they were like, dude, you're, you're going to go try out again, right? And I was like, nah, man, like like that was it. Like Like I got cut. They're like, dude, you invested six months into this. You had one bad day and now you're quitting on your goals. And that, that word quit, you know, that, that's not part of, part of my lifestyle, dude. And so when I heard that, I was like, no, nah, man, like you guys are right. Like, like I'm going to try out again. And so they would set out cones for me every morning in this six week period. <laughs> I, I was at this jump master course, man. And, and they just tie me in the 40 yard dash and they work with me, man, just real brothers. And then we play ultimate football, man, and have a good time. <laughs> and, um, and, and dude, you know, my 40 yard dash, it just wasn't what it was when I was running with Connor. Like I was running like a four, nine, one, four, nine, two. It just wasn't any good. Um, and I, I, I finished that course and, and I went back, uh, to Tucson and I'll never forget, man, they, they were supposed to have a tryout in the spring in March, right before the season even started, but there weren't enough dudes that, that were signed up for the tryout that they canceled the tryout and they pushed it from March all the way to the beginning of September, two games into the season. So that, you know, I, I didn't really look at that as a negative. I'm like, dude, I got more time to train. I got more time to work on my 40, get jacked, work on my footwork, like do my thing. This podcast episode is sponsored by Iron Fire Brewing. Iron Fire Brewing is a Southern California favorite, creating craft beers from the finest ingredients. Iron Fire Brewing creates unique beers with classic tiki drink-inspired flavors, amazing lagers, and more. Iron Fire Brewing can be shipped directly to your home by going to craftshack.com and search for Iron Fire Brewing. So the tryout was in September. Um, the U of A was 2-0, and, and, and we usually schedule these trash teams in the beginning of the season for non-conference play anyway. So 2-0 so is pretty typical, man. We played like University of Texas, San Antonio, and like University of Nevada and just crushed them. And, uh, and I went out there to this tryout, man, like 35 dudes, like a bunch of studs. 
And uh, I went out and I ran a 476 40 yard dash. Now, not the best time I ever ran, but I was weighing 225. And, um, and then we did like this little drill where they checked our, our hip mobility and our explosiveness. And then we did one-on-one. So they, they partner us up. Uh, they put me on defense It is a weak side linebacker and uh, they partner us up against like a tight end and a running back. And we'd have to cover them, uh, do pass coverage. And, our coach at the time, his name was Rich Rodriguez, Rich Rod. And this dude was a famous coach, man. Like he actually got fired from, from Michigan for violating NCAA practice laws. He had like built West Virginia University up to a powerhouse. Like this guy was the real deal. And what I had heard from everyone is this dude loves physicality. He loves like in your face players. And so I decided like, Hey, I'm going to try to cover these guys the best I can, but I'm going to just going to try to knock the shit out of them as soon as they come in my zone, dude. <laughs> and so like, I'll never forget, man, the first guy, like this big old, like six, four, 250 pound tight end, man. Like he started running around. And the first thing I did was just boom, dude. And I just smashed this guy and put him on his ass. And even though it probably wasn't a legal play, uh, all the coaches were like laughing and they were loving it, man. So the next guy, this running back, you know, short stock, dude same thing just boom like put him on his ass man like i don't even know how to do pass coverage dude i'm a freaking pj right i'm just gonna put people on their ass and so whatever for whatever reason man like they like that and um I was majoring in biochemistry at the time, pursuing the doctor, uh, the physician route, trying to get a pre-med degree. And I'll never forget, man, I was in general chemistry. Uh, 181 was the name of the lab. And uh, I got a missed call about five minutes before the lab. And uh, it, it was, it said like Arizona football on the caller ID. And I'm like, nah, dude, like if they're calling me, they're not calling me to cut me. Like they're calling me like this can't be. And, uh, and so I called the number back, and it was the recruiting coordinator, little freaking short, fat dude, total turd, but you got to love him. His name was Matt Dudek. And uh, Dudek, he, he's like, hey, listen up, sweet. Here's the deal, dude. If we ever catch you not giving 100% at practice, I'm going to cut your ass just as quick as I got you on the team. Welcome to U of A football. And I'm just Holy like, shit. dude, like I made, I made the university of Arizona football. Are you kidding me? And so, uh, so man, I, I couldn't even focus on my next class. I was so excited. I felt like a kid again, you know, but, but it almost brought me to tears, man. Like it was very emotional for me because, you know, my, my boys had, had got me back in the fight and, and, you know, I put all my eggs into this basket again to, to live this childhood dream. Like my wife was super pissed off at me that I was like trying to chase this childhood dream when I was on my route to becoming a physician and trying to secure a future for us. Right. And, and just kind of put all that to the side to, to pursue this dream. And, and that's what it takes for our listeners out there man you got to sacrifice and it sucks man like people are going to have to pay for that and you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of things to chase your dreams and, and that's what it takes and and that's what i had done and uh, to, to know that it, that it worked uh it was very emotional for me man and, and i'll never forget like getting my cat card registered with the arizona football office and then walking up to that big arizona stadium that rich rod had totally remodeled and, and just turned into this gorgeous powerhouse of a stadium man i, I checked my id right there on on the little remote thing and the door opened up for me and and there's just all this u of a football heritage and this murals and all these big ass dudes walking through the halls and the training room over here in the most gorgeous 
gorgeous weight room I have ever seen. Just 10 times more on a whole different level than any weight room I've ever seen, man. And then right down the end of the hall is the tunnel. It's right to the stadium. And as a player, you can access this stadium 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anytime you want, man. You click your card on that and you just walk right in. And I just remember walking through that stadium, man, and and you know it's all this beautiful turf and and you know full bowl stadium and just looking around and just be like this this is my new home. And uh, when I first got to my PJ team, right, like like you got everything from parachutes to oxygen masks to all different types of optics for your weapon uh, to survival gear, medical gear, ice climbing gear, mountain climbing gear, night vision goggles. I mean, dude, it was absolutely insane, right? But this was kind of similar with the U of A football team like the just the amount of gear and equipment that they gave me like five different sets of cleats and like all kinds of like uh, t-shirts and like cutoffs and, and you know my helmet and multiple sets of shoulder pads and like whatever type of knee pads I wanted practice pants game pants you know I had my my name already there waiting for me on the locker room and uh, it was just it was incredible man it, it was such a blessing and uh, uh, and I was so grateful for it, man. And uh, so I so I made the U of A football team, and uh, they immediately put me on scout team. So I'm like bottom of the totem pole, dude. I'm I'm 24, excuse me, 24 years old at the time, right? Almost ready to turn 20, 25, I believe. And most of most of my teammates on the scout team, these are 18 year olds, man, coming from tough neighborhoods, like you know from California, most of them, Texas, uh, a lot of Arizona recruits get recruited to California. So most of the dudes on, on my team uh, were, were actually from from California, like Compton, Long Beach area, and I just love these guys, man. Like I got along with them so well, just like fully immersed myself into U of A football. And even though I was on the scout team, man, like I brought it a hundred percent. Like I didn't care if the quarterback was, you know, a pretty boy who wasn't supposed to get hit or whatever it was, man. Like I was coming for your soul every play. Like that's what they told me to do. And so that's what I did, man. And I went hard every single practice. I gave it everything I had. Uh, I lived in the weight room. I lived in the film room. I, I just picked everyone's brains on, on how to get better as a linebacker because uh, that's what they picked me up as, is a weak side linebacker, kind of a nickelback, you know, under size type of guy and um here we are four games into the season we're four and oh and uh i i, I get this I, I get this message that I, I, i'm on the depth chart and, and then i'm starting against usc on kickoff and kickoff return at home and usc is ranked we're ranked like 10th in the country for the first we not like to we are ranked 10th in the country for the first time in u of a history since 1996 college game days coming this is like this is it man like this is everything i, I dreamed for and uh, unfortunately, man, like I didn't do so well on kickoff, kickoff return. Like, you know, I got some bad advice. Like I'm never, I'll take full ownership of my performance, <laughs> man. But the advice that I got was actually from my dad. And, and my dad was like, hey, dude, like you got your spot. Don't F it up. Like make sure you're not off sides. Make sure you don't do any blocks in the back and stuff like that. Like you, you got your spot. You don't want to blow it. And so I was so focused on what not to do 
that I didn't like go out there and like unleash the savage, right? You guys know all about being savage, a savage actual podcast. Like that's what Rich Rod put me on special teams to do is go out there and just crack skulls and set the tone. And I played timid. And we ended up losing this game by a field goal. We had the opportunity to kick a game-winning field goal and, and run off in the in the limelight, dude, and, and be heroes. And we lost the game uh, with no seconds left in the fourth quarter. Missed the field goal, dude. And, and Coach Rod fired almost everybody off of special teams. And I never even saw the, the depth chart again until the end of the season. I was like second-string kickoff against our rivals, Arizona State University. Didn't get any playing time, man. And so that put some bad blood in my mouth. And I decided that I was going to do whatever it took to get back on that depth chart. And, uh, you know, this wasn't the right call, man, but, but I stopped hanging out with my wife. Uh, I stopped uh, majoring in biochemistry. I switched my major to general studies, like this easy major. And I basically stayed on campus all day, like a, a man possessed, just living, breathing, eating, sleeping football. And, uh, and I started getting better and better, no doubt, man, but I actually overworked myself and uh, I blew out my ACL and meniscus one day in the off season right and uh and this led to a downward spiral uh that ended my college football career um so i ended up like dude i got screwed over pretty bad like i ended up getting you know i was a preferred walk-on at the time so i had earned a permanent roster spot like i didn't have to worry about getting cut i was in the talks of getting a scholarship but unfortunately if you're a, a walk-on and you get hurt off-season, off-campus, not at an official practice, the University of Arizona doesn't have to pay your medical bills. But I didn't know that. And like the training staff, the, the sports uh, medicine staff already sent me through like the finest doctors and all of this stuff, man, for my MRI and my assessments and my surgery. And all of a sudden I get slapped with a $12,000 medical bill. And so... Dude, so so now I'm in debt twelve thousand, right? And I just got married at the time, and I got a torn ACL. So I spent like all of my Afghanistan money on my wife. And you guys know what I'm talking. When you go to Afghanistan, you make some money, right? Like that was that was all the the money I had. So I dropped all of that, like on our wedding, on, on her ring, like on our speed, on my speed coach, and, and all that. So I didn't have anything, dude. So I got this twelve thousand dollar medical bill. I can't even walk. Uh, I'm all up on pain pills. I live like 45 minutes away from campus. Like this is a, a complete nightmare, right? And so this led to like downward spiral in my life number two, like to the point where I was ineligible. So my football career is gone, even though I made like this historic comeback and was like running four sixes with a torn ACL five and a half months later, got back up to 220. And then I get told like, hey, dude, like you're ineligible. You switch your major without consulting an academic advisor. And with NCAA bylaws, your eligibility has to match your academic status. You're a sophomore academically. You're a junior athletically. You're done, dude. You're not eligible anymore. And there's nothing you can do about it. What? Damn. And so, dude. So, so not only that. Um, when when I when I dropped out of school, um, instead of getting a medical withdrawal on my transcript, there was some type of paperwork error, and and they gave me all Fs. Uh, 
So when I tried to transfer to another school to play football, uh, I talked to the University of New Mexico. They were interested in me. Uh, we had beat them in a bowl game that year. And um, they're like, hey, dude, we can't take you. Like, you have like a 1.5 GPA. I'm like, no, I don't, dude. I got like a 3.5. They're like, no, nah, man, we're looking at your transcripts. There's all Fs. So I go back to U of A, my academic advisor. I'm like, what's going on here? They're like, dude, like you, you didn't file your paperwork properly. And so it took me six months of being in the gutter and trying to go through all of this paperwork process until I finally got those Fs changed to Ws, which is withdrawal on my transcript, which is just a negligible grade, right? And then I was finally able to, to at least get back into school. And, uh, and finish my degree in biochemistry. And to this day, man, I, I tell my students, the hardest thing I've ever done is, is finishing my bachelor's degree at the University of Arizona in biochemistry. Be because guys like me, man, like guys like you, uh, Patrick, guys like you, Jay, you know, we know how to embrace the suck and get comfortable being uncomfortable when it comes to physical challenges, when it comes to water confidence, when it comes to taking a beating. But when it comes to, to not having control, and having your life in somebody else's hands with paperwork and trying to sit in front of the classroom and, and memorize chemical reactions and stay up all night studying for, for exams. Like, like that's, that's not us, man. That's, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but I finished it. I got my degree in biochemistry. Uh, I minored in systems and industrial engineering. And um, God blessed me with meeting a guy named uh, Dr. Ricardo Valerdi my junior year. And uh, Ricardo is the CEO of the science of sports. And so he got me into curriculum development. And I did curriculum development for the NFL. And then we actually uh, applied for this grant. Uh, by the DOD and the NCAA called the Mind Matters Challenge. And I won't go into it because I know we're, we're already getting pretty deep into the podcast, but we actually won this grant. And I decided to use that grant money to start my own company, SOCOM Athlete LLC. And so I incorporated my business in, in, in 2017 after graduating from the University of Arizona. So, yeah, man. So definitely like that's, that's super interesting. And obviously I know Jason, is that how you met J Jason? Is that how you, you guys met each other through SoCom athlete? Was through SoCom athlete, but specifically body count Bobby man was, uh, yeah. oh, okay. Okay. Was, that was how I met, uh, Mr. Sweet here, man. So yeah, you started that in 2017 and I think I met you in 20 potentially. Yeah. 2020, and that's a great looking shirt you got on there, Jay. That's by the why, way, that's why I'm repping it, man. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, I'm an instructor. Just want to let you guys know this. So, uh, <laughs> oh, is that, is that a, is that a SoCom <laughs> athlete shirt? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, is that your main thing? Is that your main thing right now? You you is that your primary focus? Is SoCom athlete? Yeah, man. So like when I first started the company, like it, it was from the bottom of the totem pole. Like I was just training people kind of like a glorified personal trainer, taking on clients that wanted to be SEALs, PJs, TACP, going to the Marine Corps, whatever it may be. Uh, if they needed help passing their fitness tests, I'd work with them one-on-one -on -one and, and help them reach their fitness goals. But at the same time, um, I had a, a social media platform from playing football and, and being a PJ whenever I got out. 
and this guy who who and keep in mind this is like back in 2017 when people like weren't really on Instagram okay like this was still the the, the wild frontier of social media there was this guy and he ran this page that had about 20,000 followers and it was called combat vids and 20,000 followers back in 2017 was a lot like if you had that many followers you were doing something right and so this guy reached out to me one time he was like hey man you know i heard that you and your dad were the the first and only uh, special operators to serve on the same team at the same time and i saw some of your pictures do you mind if i, I post it up on our page and I was like, absolutely, man. You know, I'm out of the military now. You're more than welcome to, to share my story. Um, I, ho I hope it helps out. And so he posted that pay or that that uh, that post on, on his page, and and then he hit me back up for for something else uh, about a month later. And then uh, after he posted that one, he's like, Hey, dude, um, I've got to go overseas for something, and I was wondering if you could run the page while I'm gone. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how to like run your page. You got twenty thousand followers. I don't want to screw this up. He's like, dude, you know, I'll, I'll be back in like two weeks. Like, like, just do your thing. You're gonna do great. You're the man. Like, you, 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 you'd be better at running it than me. And I'm just thinking, yeah, right, dude. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I just like hit up a bunch of my boys and, and was like, hey man, can you guys send me some content of you like fast roping or shooting, you know, keep your face out of it, but you know, just give me some good action shots, man. And so uh, I had a couple boys that were on the 2-4 STS, a couple guys who were on the SEAL teams that I met at, at TAC Air at Navy Freefall. You and I, Pat, we talked about that earlier <laughs> and they sent me some stuff, man. I posted up on, on uh, combat vids and uh, it didn't go viral, but, but man, they took off. And so my boy finally gets back. Like it had been like three months. Like he just went over. <laughs> He's he like, just like left me hanging. Yeah, dude, two weeks, right? It'd been like three months. And so he gets back and he's like, hey, dude, um, you've done such a good job at the page. I want to give it to you. And I was oh, just shit. like, well, what do you want me to do with it? And he's like, man, it's yours. Like, like it, it would be better that you had the platform than me. And so... After a lot of prayer and pondering, kind of figuring things out, I'm like, okay, like I incorporated this company. Like I just built my own website. I'm like practicing all this graphic design. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to do all this stuff myself. Like, what if I, I change the name of this page to the name of my company? And I kind of just put out like workout content and, and give recruiting advice and Q&A for guys that are looking for advice going into these various pipelines. I'll hit up my boys in different branches as consultants and, and kind of have them on hotline. And, and I'll, I'll just use this as a service, man. I'll, I'll use it to give back. And so I did this for, for a few months, man, and, and it really took off. Like, so I changed the name from Combat Vids to SOCOM Athlete. I deleted all their old posts and, and made a logo. I uh, hired my, my wife's sister to, to design a logo for us. You know, I drew it all up as best as I could, and, and she turned it into a, a vector format. And, uh, and, and, dude, I started running SOCOM Athlete. So, um, you know, you fast forward about a year later, um, instead of just having like one-on-one -on -one personal clients, I had so many people that wanted to work with me in Tucson, Arizona, that I had to start doing these group development sessions. And I was charging guys like 35 bucks to come out for three hours. I mean, it was like, 
nothing, right? Like it was my way of giving back. Uh, but but I just had too many. The demand was too high. And then at the same time, I got hundreds of people hitting up my DMs on Instagram asking questions about this and differences between this career field and can you get LASIK eye surgery and get a waiver? Uh, what's the difference between National Guard pararescue and inactive duty pararescue? Hey, what well, you know? What's the between SWIC and, and SEALs? Like, hey, I'm 34 years old. I want to be a SEAL officer. Is that too late? I mean, just question after question, and I'm pumping content, and this thing really starts taking off. So I decide that I'm going to start running a, a event, like an like a actual kind of selection course-based event, and I decided to, to call it Hell Day. And I bought these freaking big logs, and I bought these rubber training rifles, and I would drive out to San Diego, California, and, and run these events in, in Phoenix, Arizona. Again, 35 bucks to, to show up to the event. And we got like 10, 15 dudes that signed up, which was a lot for me back then, man. You know, it seemed like a really cool thing. And uh, a couple what, of these- What guys, year was this? This was 2018 at the time, man. So okay. I incorporated in 2017. This would be 2018. And a couple guys that went through my program, man, like like they actually ended up graduating pretty quickly after the Ranger Battalion, and, and there was one guy, you know, like the PJ Pipelines a couple years, but, you know, by the time 2019 rolls around, we had a couple dudes that graduated uh, SQT and were SEALs. We had a couple dudes that graduated Combat Control Training, like five guys that graduated from the 75th Ranger Regiment, dudes that were PJs. We had a couple Recon Marines, like we were really doing something. And so I started uh, doing customized workout programs uh, and then customized meal plans and then taking Hell Day to Texas, uh, uh, Florida, back where I used to live in in Destin. And now, you know, I live close to Destin now. And so we expanded and and went state to state to state. Uh, And then over time, man, you know, you fast forward six years later, SOCOM Athlete is America's number one special operations prep program. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. It's funny because it's like, I, I, I think about this we had talked earlier about our, our kids or whatever man it's just like you are literally creating this future upon future it's like you don't know the uh, the second and third order effects these kids are gonna have you know they go through their career maybe they are an inspiration to somebody else and on and on and on and on man it just creates this this chain of you know hopefully warriors that this country fucking needs now man we don't we don't need any of these soy boys that this country seems to be building off of social media now and these these unfortunately these kids that are these these (laughs) have these serious issues but man you're you're what you're doing is awesome man and it's it's fucking commendable yeah absolutely brother absolutely i know it's uh we're treading on thin ice you know you want to you want to talk about it but it's, it's hard man but it's it's our country really is in the most unique state i think it's ever been in you know, and it's it's the warrior class is dissipating. The ideal of masculinity is being tarnished. It's it's uh, pretty trying times, man. And uh, the youth is suffering, and then that's that's the issue. You know, it's it's for sure. The, the issue is post war. A lot of our veterans still have a lot to offer. You know, like we a lot of guys don't feel like they have anything to offer, and they're kind of lost in the sauce. And you know, more than ever just just befriending one of these young guys and like telling them through like we're talking about now trials and tribulations and do's and don'ts and how i do things different in your shoes you know like that that big brother kind of big sister aspect is 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 really needed circa 2023 more i think more than ever so you know luckily i got to be a part of one or two of your events jay 
Um, and it, it felt good, man. It, it felt good to see these young guys and gals striving for, you know, a goal and specific goal. And you can strive for any goal that you want to. Uh, that's the beauty of being an individual. But, um, you know, wanting to push the envelope in the military spectrum, specifically on the soft side, you know, it's cool to be a witness to that, to the youth striving for that. So, um, so yeah, man, I look forward to, to doing more with you for sure. And you've got some big ones coming up, right? What do you see yourself doing in the next five, 10 years, man? What's the long-term goal of SOCOM athlete? You know, 300 plus graduates from the SOCOM realm. That's amazing. Uh, what's, what's, what's next brother? Uh, yeah, man, I'm just going to keep serving, uh, all these studs that, uh, that want to go into special operations. It's really an honor to do so. You know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about how our generations are going soft and, and people are, are losing, um, their resiliency, their grit, you know, they're spending time, um, in front of screens and, and not getting outside, not uh, taking risks, um, experiencing the elements, you know, interacting with other people, you know, all the things that, that make a good warrior. Um, but yet every single city I go to, to run these events, I've got 40 to 50 studs that show up that are just eager, uh, to equip themselves for success for the special operations pipeline. Uh, so I'm just going to keep doing my thing, man, and, and serving these kids, these young men, these young women, uh, that want to be operators. Uh, and that's really the tip of the iceberg for SOCOM athlete where we've really found uh, our space and, and, and where we've really add value is by helping recruiting organizations find these individuals, right? So, you know, you take National Guard Special Forces, Green Berets, for example. Uh, we've got a contract right now with Florida Army National Guard Special Forces. That's 320th Special Forces Group, as well as Colorado Army National Guard. That's 519th Special Forces Group. And and these guys, you know, when, when they're trying to go around and pass their message, you know, they search far and wide for people that, number one, want to be Special Forces. Number two, even are qualified medically and, and physically to, to do the job. So SOCOM Athlete, you know, you look at our Instagram, we got a couple hundred thousand followers. You look at our TikTok, we're just under half a million followers. Uh, our podcast just hit our hundred thousands download. So we've got a huge audience and this audience, this market is specifically for individuals that are interested or full send for a career in special operations. So if you're a recruiter, you search far and wide for these guys. My program, this company, we've got them all right here. So in serving this community and in serving these guys that want to go into special operations, this also creates a goldmine for recruiting organizations, whether it be them promoting their career fields on our social media platforms or their recruiters coming out to our events as Green Berets, as TACP operators, uh, as PJs, whatever it may be, uh, recon Marines, they come out to our events and they're able to, to tell the students why they love their job and, and help influence them. And nobody's forcing any of these students to, to, to shy away from wanting to be a Navy SEAL and, and choosing a career in Marine Reconnaissance or choosing a career in National Guard Special Forces. They're going to receive influence. The seeds are going to be planted and it's, it, it's on them to make that decision but when you bring a green beret who has got multiple combat deployments is super personable is in great shape loves his job and he comes out to the event and spends 12 hours mentoring my students some of those students are going to choose a career in in national guard special forces because they 
they've never really solidified their reason for why they want to be a SEAL or why they want to be a PJ. That's just some book they read or or some movie that they saw. But then they get FaceTime with the real operator and say, hey, I want to be like that guy. That guy changed my life today. I I somehow developed a relationship with him. I want to be like him. And so that's where our program has really added value to the United States military is is adding that, uh, that, that recruiting platform. Uh, so where do I see myself in, in five years? Well, well personally, man, um, I see myself serving the Lord. Uh, I owe him uh, for the rest of my life to, to, to obey his two commandments. That's love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, he gave me a second chance. He sent his son to, to die on the cross for our sins and resurrect, defy death. And he gave me another chance, man. And I'll never forget that. I'm never going to put God on the shelf again. I'll serve him till the day I die. Uh, so that's number one for me. Number two is serving my family. I got a beautiful baby son. Uh, he's a year and a half old. Uh, just took him to his second swim lessons today. His name's JJ, and, and he is just the love of my life, dude. Uh, he's a lot like my wife. He's a lot like me. Uh, my wife Jessica's pregnant with our second son. Uh, she's going into week 27, so we're actually expecting on August 5th, which is the day that I'm supposed to have a hell day. So I'm praying that she uh, she gives birth either the day before or the day after, um, so that so that I don't have to punch out from hell day because I'm not going to miss that childbirth. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so those are the big things for me, man. Is God and and family uh, being there for my brothers and, and my friends and and then of course uh running socom athlete and and continuing to take it to the next level to me it's not about the money it's about mission success and if you get that success and you focus on the mission you put mission first the money will come and and the reality is man is is is, you know money is it, it it doesn't buy happiness what buys happiness is is knowing your purpose in life uh being secure and having time you can never get time back Okay, you, you can never buy health. Okay, you, if, if something like cancer were, were to come into your life, God forbid. I mean, there's the, there's very limited things that, that you can do to fix that problem. Uh, as you get older, you can never go back in time and, and get your youth back. It, it just it, it doesn't happen. Okay, so so these are things that, that money can't buy. So I'm focused on my family, man. I'm focused on just making the best out of every day. Uh, I fell in love with surfing about two years ago. I know Jason and I love to, to talk about surfing, man. Surfing is, is just, yeah. it's my therapy, man. And, and I live in a special place uh, in the panhandle of Florida where we actually get some killer surf here, man. There, there's a lot of um, oceanography that goes into that, as well as Hurricane Sally that, that pushed a bunch of sand up in here and, and gave us a great break. But, uh, you know, when I run these hell days out in San Clemente or uh, I go to Hawaii or uh, up in Virginia Beach, man, I always bring my board with me and, and just get it in. So, I don't know what the next five years is going to bring me, man. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and focusing on God, family, my friends, my brothers, and uh, and running this company and, and all the awesome students that I have, man. For our listeners out there, man, like how do we how do they get a hold of you? How do they find you? How do they get be a, 
part of SoCom Athlete Instagram. Like, what's what's the socials, brother? How yeah, man. Uh, we're on Instagram uh, at SoCom Athlete. Uh, we're on TikTok. Don't really do a whole lot of TikToking, but we got a good following on there as well. SoCom Athlete on TikTok. Uh, our website is www.socomathlete.com. We got prep programs, meal plans, podcasts, group chats all over the country. It's free to be a part of. Of course, we've got our Hell Day events. Those are free to attend uh, for our sponsored events with Special Forces Group. Would love to see you guys come out. Uh, our Tampa Hell Day is filled up, uh, but we got the Destin one coming up in August. Would love to see you guys there uh, in Florida. Uh, check out our podcast. It is called Send Me by SOCOM Athlete. Uh, would love for you guys to uh, to give us a listen as well. So that's how you get a hold of us, guys. Awesome, awesome. Man. If you're listening to this podcast, make sure you check out the description of your podcast. I'll have all those links to all the SOCOM Athlete stuff on there, the Instagram, the website, all that'll be in the uh, in the description of the podcast. So, Well, thanks for coming on the awesome. show, man. It's been an honor, honor to have uh, the first PJ on the, uh, the roster, bro. Hey, man, I hope I didn't disappoint. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the story, man. I, I poured it all out. So, uh, no, nah, but seriously, these guys, uh, Patrick, Jason, you guys are gentlemen, scholars, savages. You're true to your name, and uh, it really was an honor to be on your podcast. I wish you guys all the best in your future endeavors. Thanks, brother. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. That back at you, man. It was great, great talking to you, Jason, and uh, good luck with everything in the future. And I'm sure this will not be the last time that we talk, man. So uh, have a great night. This has been Savage Actual. Jason and Patrick are two former special operations guys who interview interesting guests who talk about video games, airsoft, and military subjects. Basically, they drink a lot of beer talk about shooter games, and have fun. What's not to love? We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And the fellas will be back soon. But in the meantime, find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Savage Actual. Y'all be cool, and we'll see you next time.